I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. One twenty-four seventy-three is the final score as Dallas wins today by fifty-one, the second largest margin of victory in Mavs history. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and coordinator for the Locked On Podcast Network, and joining me. As always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, the weekend warrior, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Nick, are you going to fill out a bracket? It's March Madness. Oh, I know. We've got lots of March Madness going around the Lockdown Podcast Network. And I, like, Duke and North Carolina are not in it. It's one of the, okay, what? not North Carolina, what? sorry. Get Duke, out Duke, of here. Stop, stop. Duke and Kentucky are not in it. And I so that, that. I thought you were playing a joke on me. Okay. No, no, no. Duke and Kentucky are not in it, and that is just like the weirdest thing. So it just feels like a really weird year. I probably will, but oh, it's it's super weird. I mean, even I mean, yeah, North Carolina's an eight seed, uh, but we could play. Ba- I mean, yeah, the one seeds when you have teams like you know Baylor, Illinois, some of these teams. Yeah, uh, sh- Alabama's a Baylor Bears. Alabama's a two. Like what? <laughs> just kidding, guys. I know we probably have a decent amount of listeners who go to Baylor. Baylor's a, a pretty campus. Love Baylor Bears. But the Mavericks play tonight against the Los Angeles Clippers. Mm. And I have I have a question I want to throw at you that I've been pondering over the past, I don't know, 20 minutes. <laughs> can, I, can I throw it at you now or we'd have to do any type of thing at the beginning? On today's show, we're going to break down the Mavericks' upcoming two-game series against the Clippers, which I think is a really important series for the Mavericks. That's, uh, you know, revenge maybe from the 50-point shellacking the Mavs gave the Clippers, uh, but it's also a uh, playoff, like, you know, revisit. We're revisiting that. It's two games in a row. It's both in Dallas. I don't. I think this series matters a lot more for the Mavericks than it does for the Clippers, but I don't know. For the Clippers, this could be a, a thing like, hey, we are – that team in the West, right? Like we're gonna take out this, we're gonna take care of business against this Mavericks team. They beat us by fifty the first time. Maybe they're gonna take it, take you know, take it personally. I don't know. So we're gonna break that down, and then we're gonna talk about a couple of players that we're looking at in the trade market. A couple of guys that we maybe haven't talked about too much. So we'll get into that coming up. All right. So going back to this playoff series against the Clippers, coming out of that playoff series, I think we were all for the most part encouraged, right? It was like a yes, what if, yeah. you know, we, we walked out of it with this, oh my gosh, look at everything that happened from the Luka injury, from KP, you know, getting tossed early in that one game yeah. and then his own injury and just all of that together. I think we walked out of that series. Well, I know we did because we we, we talked about that series so much over the past. We're on the record. You know, <laughs> yes, months of saying, you know, what if? It's like, oh my gosh, if this team was healthy, if all those things didn't go wrong, how far could this Mavs team have went? And I think I've always viewed that series or since that series as this like blessing to this team, but has it turned into a curse for this team? And I say that because are we? Do we know and? And does the Mavericks know how good they are because of those what ifs from that series? For instance, if <clears throat> if we came if we walked out of that series and we just got swept and it was a, a blowout and everything, you know, in during this season, 
you know that big changes need to happen. Like, okay, we got swept and we weren't even close in that series. Okay, something big needs to change. Or let's say it goes seven games, everyone's healthy, everyone plays well, and you lose at, you know, at the end, like the Utah-Denver situation. And you're like, all right, that was just luck of a draw at the very end. We were right there. We could advance. We maybe tinker around the edges. But Dallas didn't have that. And we viewed it so much as a positive and as a, a, a blessing. But now, what, a, what is Dallas thinking? You know, because what do you think now heading into a trade deadline? Because I've been thinking of, okay, what if Dallas doesn't do anything over the next few weeks? Will the fan base riot? Will the fan base be happy, sad, whatever? But I could hear the argument for either side, right? I could hear the argument saying, well, we were just a, an ankle injury away from Luca or a KP toss, you know, from basically, I know there's some uh, differences here and there, but basically that roster from moving on. Or I could hear him saying, well, dang, I don't know if we just don't have enough, like the team, we need to make some moves here and there. So do you see what I'm saying? Of like, is this now looking back on it of how this team is, I don't know, constructed moving forward is, was that series a blessing or now looking back, is it a curse? Because we really don't know how to judge this current makeup of the team. No, because I still think even if they would have gotten swept, we still would have had the, well, that's the Clippers team that's really, really good. They have two All-Stars, all that. This Mavericks team is still really, really young. The fact that they're still a young team and maybe some of the best improvement they can make is just the internal growth and just development of all the players across the board, Luka, Porzingis, and then everyone else, basically. So I think they still would have had that as a quote-unquote excuse to say, well, we're, yeah. we, we're, just, we're still young, we're going to get better. We knew that this wasn't our year, blah, blah, blah. I think it would have been a it would have been a curse if they would have won, right? almost. like If you want to take it that direction and say, man, they won, now there's so much more expectations on them. This team can win, and then so then they don't try and fix some of the stuff. If, that, if they did that, then maybe they don't make the Josh Richardson trade. And you can, True. you know, I'm sure lots of people have their own opinion on that, whether whichever side you're on on that trade so far. But yeah, so I wonder if if that's the case. Um, but yeah, this season, this season, I feel like is the is the test, right? This season, if the Mavericks come in, which is why I think these two games are really important for the Mavericks. They win so, these. So if they don't do anything though in the next two weeks, how do you think the majority of the fan base, not just the small po- pocket of Mavs fans on Twitter who want to complain about anything and everything? Just how do you think collectively fans will take it if they don't do anything? And will they take it as, all right, well, we walked out of that series this last, you know, last year saying, you know, injury, health, we were good. So basically we were just fine last year if those things go our way or will people be upset about it? The majority, not a handful. So like, let's say the Mavericks win these two games against Clippers and let's say they win the two games against the Blazers too. At that point, if the Mavericks don't do anything and they've proven that, dang, at this point, when they have when they're at full strength, they're like, you know, what what would they be at that point? Like 16 and three, <laughs> right? Like that would just be a, a, with wins against Denver, the Clippers, the Blazers, you know, like they've had some really, really good but losses wins. against OKC, Nick, make sure you throw that in. <laughs> but no, but like you would look at this team and say, okay, at full strength, this team can be, you know, really, really good. They just ran into that buzzsaw that was January. And so th- at that point, I think maybe you calmed, maybe they calmed down some of the fans that would be upset if they didn't. Some fans, like, uh, even us, we're going to be – we're some of the most optimistic fans. We're still going to be upset if they don't do anything with the trade deadline just because we enjoy trades and love to see yes. them try to tinker with stuff and do stuff. But 
And we I don't know the downloads. Looking through, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Looking through all the, and we love to, we look breaking down trades and talking about trades, and especially when they're real. But even looking through some of these guys that the, that are on the trade block, and then what the Mavericks have to trade that would be worth it for them, it's hard to come up with some trades, man. Like it's hard to come up with figuring out. All right, who's going to take James Johnson and Dwight Powell's money? Right? What do you have to put with it? Does Josh Green have as much trade value as a first, like a future first round pick? Right? Or does Tyrell Terry have any kind of trade value? Like it's just so interesting to try and put together a package. They don't have many traditional assets. The Mavericks don't, right? Like they don't have a young player where you're like, okay, if they trade Brunson, it's not that big of a deal. Like it would be a really big deal if they traded Brunson. You'd have to get somebody back for him that is going to be here for a while. And just stuff like that. So is the, was the, the Clippers series a curse? No, I'm going to say no. I still think that it was more impressive than it was like, oh, this is what we expected. And so now we're going to, you know, the Mavericks are going to sit back on their laurels, not do anything and say, well, we should have won that. So let's just run it back because they already did make a move. The Josh Richardson, Seth Curry move was, was pretty big. Yeah. Uh, and this summer is the big one. Right, like this summer's when they have a bunch of cap space. They're probably not going to have this much ever again. And so, if they, whatever they do this this playoffs, I think will will factor into that question that you're asking more than last year's. Right? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I guess so in a sense of if they don't do anything and then they go into the playoffs and they lose and like if they lose, you know, five, in five games, we're like, okay, so the Clippers series. What it wasn't just a what if we were if we were fully healthy, we would have been, you know, conference finals type of thing. So that that's my only thing. And do I think that there were a lot of positives from that series? Absolutely. Probably more positives than negatives. It's just my mindset for months has been, okay, that was just a building block and and that's it. And now I'm starting to think about it from that perspective over these next few weeks of do we truly know what the you know full makeup of this team, if it's a if it works or not, because there was this, we don't, we haven't seen it in the playoffs. So, yeah. And it could say more about that Clippers team too, right? Like that Clippers team went and got beat in seven games after being up, what, 3 1. And so, yeah, th- there's a lot to go on on the other side of the ball too, right? It's not just that this Clippers team was a good, solid team and went on to, you know, get go to the final, the Western Conference finals or anything. They went and got beat in a, hilarious fashion that we think at least so there's something going on with their team too it's never it's never like a one-to-one thing right where uh the clippers were not the control in this experiment they they also have all their own stuff going on at the same time Uh, all right coming up let's get into some more about this clipper series i have some numbers i want to break out wanted to talk to you guys about some really positive luca stuff that i've noticed and then some positives for the mavericks that show that uh this clippers couple games might be a little easier but We'll see how the Mavericks respond to it. So we'll talk about all that coming up. But before we do, wouldn't it be great if there's a pocket-sized guide that helped you sleep, focus, act, and be better? No, we're not going to hand you the Mormon Bible. We are going to give you Headspace. And if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. Headspace is the only meditation app that's advancing the field of mindfulness meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation you have, for me, it's focus. I am I am jumping from one project to another. Headspace can really help. If you're feeling overwhelmed, you have so much stuff going on at once, Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation for you. If you need help falling asleep, Headspace has wind-down sessions their members swear by. And if you're a parent like Isaac is, and many of you guys are, Headspace has morning meditations you can do with your kids. So check out Headspace. 
You deserve to feel happier, and Headspace has meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash NBA. headspace.com slash NBA for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Go to headspace.com slash NBA today. Also brought to you by betonline.ag. It's the one place that you should put down some money if you're looking to do something like that. Lots of basketball on the docket. There's so many games that you can bet on. Uh, they have a line for the Mavericks versus Clippers game today. If you listen to this on Monday, Mavericks are a two-point underdog. Clippers are favored by two points in this game. So we'll see if that stays the same. You guys can go check it on BetOnline. If you want to put down some money on the Mavericks, you can go ahead and, uh, and do that. They have a whole bunch of NCAA stuff. If you want to, if you want to make a bracket, and then also if you want to bet on the individual games, BetOnline.ag. Use that promo code Lockdown to get a fifty percent welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. March Madness is here, and that means bracket challenges. So join our Lockdown Listener Bracket Challenge group on ESPN. Submit your March Madness picks, beat your favorite hosts, and if you win, you will get a guest appearance on the Lockdown Today podcast, our daily news podcast. The link. To join is in the show notes of this episode. Get your picks in today. Go make your picks, Isaac. You can be on. What if you win and you get to go on lockdown today? Peter Bukowski is like, hey, Isaac. <laughs> I mean, hey, can I get your last name? I love your last name. <laughs> uh, all right. So, all right, Isaac. The Clippers. Uh, let's just let's talk about the, the Mavericks real quick. So the Mavericks right now, San Antonio lost by almost 40 to the Sixers without Joel Embiid. So the Mavericks are essentially tied again with the Spurs for seventh in the in the West. The Mavericks right now have the ninth rated offensive rating in the NBA, 114.6, 26th rated defensive rating. So just they're just a little bit worse version mm. of the team last year, basically, uh, <laughs> numbers wise. The last so two far. weeks, though, they're, the last two weeks, they're four and one. They have 117.7 offensive rating and 110.7 defensive rating. Super positive. That's incredible. If they could keep that up, they're they're a really really good team. Um, the Clippers, just to compare these two, uh, the Clippers are second in the league in offensive rating, 119.3. Incredible offense. We don't think about this team as an incredible offensive team, but number one three point shooting team percentage wise too. Kawhi and Paul George have incredible shooting. They're all, they're both like on track to do 50, 40, 90, uh, or at least get close to it, like within five percentage points of it. And uh, so they're second in offensive rating, 17th in defensive rating. They're almost exactly the Mavericks, uh, like statistical you know team from last season, at least you know rating wise. So these two teams, this is going to be an offensive. I think just back and forth. Like these teams are going to put up some buckets against each other. Uh, Patrick Beverly is going to be out for both of these games. He did not go on the trip with them. And Reggie Jackson, baby. He's super important for them. They're also going to be on the second night of a back-to-back for this first game. So the same thing as Denver. Mavericks getting lucky with both of those two. But um, Kawhi is supposed to play. Paul George is supposed to play. We'll see if they do or not because they've done some things where they sit one of them. And they've done a lot more load management stuff than the Mavericks. I I can't imagine Clippers fans (laughs) with all the – Load manager that they've been doing, but those those exist. Clippers also four and ten in their last ten games. Uh, the Pelicans game is going on right now as we're recording this, so not exactly they're down sure. by ten at halftime. By the way, yeah, I was gonna say they're 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 down in this game, but um, so four and ten. They're either they're four and six. They're either four and seven or five and six. Either way, not great record over their last ten. 
Kawhi and Paul George have missed two games each over this last 10 game stretch. And one of one game, the Utah game, they they both missed the game. So that one you kind of throw out. But they've been on a little bit of a skid here. And there's been a lot of uprising and talk about Clippers need a real point guard. They need somebody that can actually, you know, figure it out and, and crunch time and all that kind of stuff. And also, if you go back to the Mavericks' 51-point win over the Clippers in the beginning of the season, back in December, all the way back, all the way, all the way back, Kawhi was not in that game, Porzingis was not in that game, and so this is just a, this is a completely different matchup at this point. Uh, you can't really take anything from that game, I don't think. <laughs> this team would would die for a Jalen Brunson type. <laughs> like Jalen Brunson might legit start on this team if he was on the Clippers. Yeah, for some nights, maybe. I mean, Luke Kennard is kind of supposed to be that guy, but yeah. I'm not sure he's he's getting that. No, defensively, he's definitely not. So the, the thing about Patrick Beverly, though, he's not the offensive point guard that you really, you really want, but looking at some of these numbers, so when Patrick Beverly is on the court, they have a 106.1 defensive rating. Really, really good. Like, best in the league, that, that number would be. Without Patrick Beverly, about the same number of possessions – with with and without him, they have a defensive rating of 117.3. That would be like the third worst defensive rating in the NBA. So they really miss him. However, when they have Paul George and Kawhi Leonard on the floor at the same time, even without Patrick Beverly, their defensive rating is a 106. So the moral of the story is they need at least two of those three guys to have an elite defense. If they don't have two of those three guys, if only one guy is on the court at once, then their defense is awful like terrible the rest of the guys just can't hold up which is understandable so they're missing Patrick Beverly in this so the minutes where it's just Kawhi or just Paul George the Mavericks really have to take advantage and uh, when Kawhi and Paul George are on the court together this season their net rating 118 or not 118 18.9 is their net rating positive 18.9 they're destroying teams like absolutely destroying 125 offensive rating insane 106 defensive rating that's insane so when both those guys are on the floor when they're separate just Kawhi on the floor no Paul George plus four net rating just Kawhi and Paul George with just Paul George and no Kawhi plus three net rating so they're Mm. definitely worse apart which makes sense they're incredible together uh the defense is way worse the defense and the offense are way worse when it's just Paul George and not Kawhi Mavericks really have to take advantage of those minutes right there and Recently, we've been watching the minutes where Luka sits and Porzingis is on the floor. The Mavericks have been doing really well. Yeah, for sure. I, mean, I was just looking at these numbers the other day on uh, PBB stats of just on and off. And I know we referenced them, I guess, yesterday, maybe, about uh, just the defensive rating for when Porzingis is on the floor. But, I mean, it's something we've been – any team that has two big stars and you have a, like, a defined duo on your team, you're going to track the – well, when one guy's on, one guy's off. Yeah, you hope at some point the you know Luca KP together could reach a you know plus eighteen like Kawhi and Paul George. Yeah, you hope so. Even last season, it was like a plus six or something. It wasn't. It wasn't up to plus eighteen. They're, they're back positive right now. I don't know exactly what it is, but they're back positive. And but it's it's just a you know a couple points here or there. So maybe maybe plus five, plus six, whatever. But yeah, so. Uh, so those are incredibly good. The other thing that I looked up recently that I, I tweeted out, uh, Luca's clutch field goal percentage. Is, we haven't really talked too much about it because it hasn't been negative, so we haven't been putting <laughs> we haven't been putting it on blast. But last season in the cl- in clutch games, Luca shot 
36% from the field, 17% from three, 64 and a half percent from the line. And the Mavericks went 14 and 17 in clutch games when Luka played. That's awful, right? Like that, that's terrible. Just Very terrible, bad. terrible. This season, he's shooting 48.7% from the field, 38.5% from three, and 87 points or 80, 85.7% from the free throw line. So Incredible improvement year to year. The Mavericks are nine and six when he plays in, in clutch games. The Mavericks are nine and eight overall in clutch games. That just means they lost the two games that Luca didn't play, and they were both clutch, which is the Bulls game and the Thunder game. Uh, so if you look at their record, that's basically the, the answer to that. But incredible from Luca. I mean, just just to yeah. go from one year to a, to another. And I think it's kind of been that mid-range shot. Like that mid-range shot has opened up a lot for him. The fact that the Mavericks can spread everybody out a little bit better this season. They're not trying to play Dwight Powell as much. They're not trying to play, you know, a center or somebody that can't shoot. And so they're spreading the floor out. Luca's a year better, and he's been incredible in the clutch this season. It's really made the big difference for the Mavs. I mean, a 20% difference basically in three-point percentage and free throw percentage. The free throw percentage is the, is a, a huge one for me of you know, last year we talked about a lot just him improving that overall, not just clutch, but in the clutch last year, like you just said, 64% from the free throw line in clutch last year. Right now he's at 84%. So now we got to see how these numbers, you know, finish the season. You know, those numbers were for the whole season last year. We'll see what they finish at, but definitely a huge improvement for him. Yeah, absolutely. All right, coming up, let's get into some trade talk. Let's talk about some guys we haven't really targeted yet and uh, get into, see if the Mavericks could make a deal, or if they don't, then fans will just be so upset, and we'd be upset and all that. So, coming up, let's get into that. But before we do, BuiltBar.com, they have right now a bracket madness of their own. BuiltBar.com, go check that out. You can go vote on some of the matchups. Uh, use the promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your next order, so you can check that out. Get some Built Bars of your own. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They're incredible. We love them. We eat them every single day. We have a couple of matchups here coming up. Uh-oh. Peanut butter brownie versus coconut almond. Peanut butter brownie all day. Salted caramel versus cookie dough chunk. I need to try that cookie dough chunk. That sounds good. I know. I haven't tried it yet. Coconut versus birthday cake. Birthday cake beat mocha in the first round. That was interesting. Uh, mint brownie versus toffee almond. Mint brownie is destroying that one. There's toffee yeah. almond. Get out of here. There's no chance. No. Peanut butter versus coconut puff. I haven't had the puff one. I'll take peanut butter, though. Caramel brownie versus double chocolate. Give me the double chocolate. I'll take caramel brownie. Oh, we disagree for the first time. (laughs) And then, I mean, coconut brownie chunk versus lemon almond cheesecake. (laughs) Get out of here, lemon almond cheesecake. No shot in the world. Coconut brownie chunk is incredible. That's the best bar. That mint brownie are the two best bars for me. So go to BuiltBar.com. You can go and vote on these. And also use that promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. Again, LOCKED15, 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And you can keep using that promo code whenever you want to reorder and all that stuff. BuiltBar.com, LOCKED15. Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs. How much do you really know about these guys? And uh, they're going to be in the NBA. You want to get to know them now. Go subscribe to the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast. Subscribe for Prospect scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credential draft experts. Subscribe today and follow Locked On NBA Draft. All right, Isaac Harris, couple of trade guys 
that we've been looking at. I mean, we've talked about Kyle Lowry a little bit. We've talked about some of the Pelicans guys a little bit. Talked about the Rockets guys. What are some other guys that we haven't really touched on? We talked on the Cavs guys, obviously, but who are some other guys that we we want to get into today? Well, we haven't talked about Andre Drummond yet. And <laughs> Never. Just kidding. I haven't just devoted full kidding. bots to him. No, we love talking about trade possibilities. And I try to think of two guys, or at least a couple of guys, that we haven't talked about, or at least went back and forth on a little bit. And I know uh, our guy Locked On Bulls mentioned him the other day in a Locked On Now. Yeah, Matt uh, Peck. As, yeah, as far as Lowry Markinen. What, what do the Bulls do with him over the next few weeks? Because he's kind of in the same spot of Lonzo Ball in the sense of he's going to be a restricted free agent. They're kind of a young, they're this youngish team that they're right on the bubble of like the 10th, you know, playoff seed, whatever you want to say, if, if that's a playoff seed. Um, I just don't know what they do. Now, they only have like $70 million guaranteed next year. So it's not like they're pressed for to clear up money or, hey, we don't have the money to spend on him to extend him. It's just Chicago's in the spot of asking, is he worth to them to an extend at a decent number? And I just don't know how they feel about him. So if they put him on the market, he's 23 years old. He's shooting 43% from three this year. He's, he's actually turned his season around. He started off the season kind of rusty a little bit. And he went through, he was out for a while, had some injury stuff. Might have been COVID stuff. I can't remember exactly. I'm not. He's missed two uh, big stretches. Uh, yeah. He, yeah, he played like four games to start the season, and then he played ten games in the middle there, and then he's now just played the last two games or so. So yeah, he's had a weird season. So if he's available, do you think Dallas should try? Man, it, it's such a weird. He's such a weird type of player because he would be good Porzingis insurance, but he'd cost a lot, right? Like at least I think he would. The, the, he's not getting John Collins money, right? I don't think so. No, so he's. No, I don't think so either. But he could get Davis Bertans money, right? Like those are pretty similar sure. players, I think. So, uh, do you want to pay that kind of you know that kind of money for a guy like that? But uh, he would. Be, he just seems like he would be a really solid guy off the bench, unless you had like uh, like unless you were the Sixers, right? Like unless you're the Sixers or the the Jazz. But it's he's a he's just a really weird player to try and put somebody next to. Uh, the Bulls yeah. guys always talk about how they lack size, and they have Wendell Carter Jr. and Laurie Markkinen. They're starting two bigs, and they always lack size. You're like, well, it's kind of the Mavericks' problem. And so I don't think that the Mavericks need another guy like this. If the Mavericks did trade Porzingis and wanted a, a you know a stretch five type guy like Laurie Markkinen, then yeah, go after him. But as long as they have Porzingis and Maxi too to an extent, I I don't see them going after Laurie Markkinen. I was gonna say his fit next to KP. Maxie's a better fit next to KP, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because of the defense. Because he's probably a better player. Definitely a better scorer, for sure. Yeah, yeah, but, for sure. But, like, what you ask of Maxie next to KP, once again, a lot of these big man conversations that you have, whether it's Markkinen or Andre Drummond, you have these conversations of how do they fit next to, you know, to KP, a guy who is on a max contract for your team. You mentioned his name. I, I want to throw his name out there next. Davis Bertans, you look at this Washington team, they have $120 million guaranteed money next season. And if they look at Bertans saying, if they decide to go the rebuild mode and if they think they're going to be trading Brad Beal sometime in the near future, probably not this deadline, but maybe over the offseason, whatever, they look at Bertans, who's under contract for four more years, that, that fourth <laughs> year is a play, player option, 
but roughly around $16, $17 million a year. Career 40, 40% three-point shooter. We know the Mavericks and pretty much every other team in the league need shooting help. Should Dallas be interested in Bertons if it's more of a salary, not really salary dump, but it's not a, I think it would cost less to get Bertons than it would to get marketing. Yeah, it would cost less. Well, the Mavericks, if they did go after Laurie Markkinen, they'd have to make a decision, right? Because he's an under, he's a be a restricted free agent this summer, so yeah. they would have to try and figure out what they wanted to do with him, how much they wanted to pay him, what he's worth to them. With Davis Bertans, he's already signed, right? Like you said, so he's making fifteen this year, sixteen next year, sixteen the year after that, and seventeen the year after that. So about five million more than Dwight Powell's making each of the next couple years, uh, each year. So. Yeah, he would be great to have two Latvian lasers at the same time, right? To have two two Latvian big shooters, but man, I don't know. It depends on what it would take to to get him. Uh, because if the Mavericks are having to give up any kind of assets, I don't think he's the answer, right? Like I don't think I would rather have a guy like Danilo Gallinari than Davis Bertans at this point because he's a he's a veteran. He can score mm-hmm. in a little bit in, in a couple different ways, and he was an expiring contract at that at that point that we were talking about him. Uh, but you know what I mean? Like just to, to have a, a set shooter, like the, the Mavericks, the Mavericks problem isn't their offense, right? <laughs> we always want to yeah. add more offensive pieces. The names that I keep seeing for the Mavericks are like, let's get Zach Levine. Let's get this, you know, let's get this guy. Let's get somebody that is going to, you know, take their offense to another level. That'd be awesome for sure. If they want to be the nets. Right. But you have to, if you know, any team that doesn't have three guys like that, you need to have a defense. Like think about the last couple of teams that have won the, the title, right? Think about those, you know, that those Cavs teams had a, had a decent defense. The the Raptors had a really good defense with Marcus Gasol and Kawhi and all them. And then, uh, yeah, you, you have to have a, a good defense unless you're an insane other level offensive team, which, yeah, I don't know. I, it, it depends. We, just, we haven't seen a team be in, as good on offense as like the Nets are and as bad as def, bad on defense and win the title. It just doesn't really happen. So. Yeah, I don't know. that's that's where I, I go down this route. Yeah, I mean, I think not to do the cop out, but it goes back to what you said. Of it just depends on what it would take because you know if you if you're telling me we can add another forty percent three point shooter to this team, I'm down. Especially in a, you know coming off the bench, and you know we just don't know what it would cost. You can always take shooting, right? But uh, you know you wouldn't get Bertons and say hey you're going to start next to KP probably because you want you know Maxie's defense but if he's in that second unit you know with Brunson and Tim Hardaway and some of these guys and you're telling me we could yeah have Bertons and Luca and some of these guys you know playing in the second unit I would be down for that so I don't know I don't know what Washington's going to do either with you know Westbrook and Beal and all those guys but I wouldn't be opposed to add Bertons though the other problem is his salary, right? Like, if you want to keep max cap space this summer, you'll have to offset some of that money. If you could send Dwight Powell on the deal, then, yeah, that, you know, then that offsets a little bit of that, but that's still $5 million that you have to make up somewhere else. And it just makes it more complicated. And so I don't think Davis Bertans is enough of a missing piece that I would sacrifice yeah. some of that, um, which, you know. That's true. I know we're pressed for time, but just last thoughts. Larry Nance. I know we've talked about Drummond and Kevin Love, whatever, but Larry Nance is on a pretty favorable deal as far as he makes 11.7 this year, 10.6 next, 9.6 after that. He's 28. 
he's actually shooting 38% from three this year on a little over three threes a game. If of all the three names we mentioned so far, Markin and Bertons, Larry Nance, everything considered, their return package, how much money they make, the fit with the team, would you prefer Nance of the other two? 100%. Yeah, I would love a Larry Nance type player. I've loved Larry Nance since he was drafted by the, the you Lakers. You really have. You've been on Nance I, Island this, forever. Yeah, this has been a guy that I've been like, when they traded him, and I was like, well, the Lakers traded Nance, which sucks, but they're probably going to get LeBron because of it. It would be great to have Larry Nance play with LeBron, and then that happened for a couple months in Cleveland, and then <laughs> all that. But he's just – he. He and Maxi are like similar players to me. We we actually talked about this with Valencia a couple days ago, or like last week. But um, Larry Nance is a more athletic version of Maxi and a better passer. But Maxi is a little bit better. Is definitely a better shooter. And but to have a guy like that to play forty eight minutes, right? If you could stretch those cuts, so stretch those minutes out and have a guy like that on the floor at all times, your team would be great. And he's been the key to the Cavs defense. When he's been out, the Cavs defense just goes down the toilet, like just the worst in the league. And when he's on, it's at least decent. And uh, But he also has so many ties to Cleveland. His dad played there. He loves playing in Cleveland. He has the same number as his dad. There was some trade rumors that came up earlier with his name in it, and he was like, stop throwing these trade rumors around. I'm staying. I'm, you know, I'm, a, I'm a Cav, which – Cleveland can make the decision if they decide to trade him. It's, it is what it is. He'll he doesn't be gone have, in two he doesn't, Yeah, he doesn't have a no trade clause or anything. But it seems like he really likes to be part of that organization. And that organization needs people that want to be part of that organization. To start <laughs> it's kind of like a Dwight Powell situation for the Mavs a couple years ago, right? He was a guy that the Mavericks had around, and he liked to be part of the team and liked to be in Dallas. And so they wanted him for the culture. Uh, only Larry Nance is a better player than Dwight Powell is, but. <laughs> so so yeah Larry Nance I would love it it'd be great his contract is awesome too like you said it's that descending contract which would be great um, he would fit well you could play him with a bunch of different bunch of different ways but yeah that's what I think about Larry Nance so Dobbs Bertons I like him too by the way I think he would be a great fit for Dallas Laurie Market and Larry Nance interesting names I don't see the Mavericks they, they'll probably try to go after Larry Nance they may have already done that um, when that Cleveland.com piece came out and said teams had offered for Larry Nance. Some team offered like a couple picks for him. And I was like, oh, dang, like a first Ooh. and a couple other stuff. I was like, oh, geez. But Did they talk to you or? <laughs> probably talked to the Thunder, to be honest. Thunder have enough first round picks. They can start throwing them out at anybody. So, all right, we'll be back with breakdowns of the Clippers game, post game show, both post games. We're here for, we're here the rest of the week, guys. It just is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Maps. Peace out. Boom. You, you you almost feel like you have to foul it if he's going to try and take you to the hoop or to the Baja, as we say sometimes. We do.